Welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for the Cloverfield Paradox. So exciting. My name is Tom Chick. I'm here with Christian Mlinski. I'd like to be known as Aaron Burr. And Kelly Wand with a Cloverfield Paradox tagline. Kelly Wand, what do you have for us? It's like Event Horizon, but dumb. Yeah! So exciting. Fun. Are there more? And less Catholic. <laughs> oh, good. And you nice. Wow, a tagline well for the. It's like a, the tagline had a tagline. For the tagline, yeah. That's pretty impressive. That was as crazy as parallel dimensions, Kelly Wand. Yeah, it's a total paradox. What I just what, what other taglines would <laughs> would maybe exist in another dimension, in a parallel dimension? Or, in or another you universe, uh-huh. yeah. the movie poster for this would be, it would also be in the theaters in another dimension. Uh, and the poster for it there would say, it's like 127 hours, but with an Irishman. <sighs> I was worried about that one. <laughs> I think it's a good joke, but you have to really give a shit. <laughs> All right, and wait, is there a third tagline? Yeah, but they get lamer. Um, vaguely from the director of Into Darkness. <laughs> Keep running with it. Uh, the Godfather 3 of the Cloverfield. <laughs> and is that where they peter out? They petered out, uh, I think, during the first one. <laughs> but it's, you know, like I said, it's like the the movie itself. So, like, they should get, and you're like, what? And by then you're like, that's a tagline? That's the uh, movie? All right, well, you're you're letting us know what you thought of the movie. It sounds like you feel it no, falls apart. No, I'm trolling you. Ah. All right, no, well, the thing is, before we let no, Kelly Wan... terrible, too. <laughs> <laughs> before Kelly Wan trolls us any further, tell the listeners a little bit about the movie that we're going to talk about. Spoiler-free, Dingus. Spoiler-free, because, you know, the Cloverfields need to be shrouded in mystery. Don't ruin that for anyone. Okay. Should I do this as a found footage thing? All right. This week we saw The Cloverfield Paradox, Mm. a 2018 science fiction horror mystery rebranded sequel movie about a crisis on infinite Earths. It was directed by Julius Ona. Hmm. And written by Oren Uziel with story credit to him and uh, Doug Young. It stars uh, Gugu Mbadara, David Oya. Dingus, go, come on. That's not a real name. You just made something up. It's Gugu Mbadara. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're saying fake syllables. Be, be serious. Come on. These actors worked really hard. They deserve recognition. Don't just make up names. All right. I'm going to say her name one more time. Google and what are these names? Give me Norwegian names. Okay, what? David Oyelowo. Tom, thoughts? D- well, no, we, we, know, we know him. Yeah, that's a real actor. Yeah. If yeah. I know him, it's fine. John Ortiz. <laughs> Chris O'Dowd. Oh, that's a man. Hello. Ansel Henny. Elizabeth <laughs> DeBicke. Who? I mean... Yeah, I'd hit that. The Young and Clover Knee. Mm. What? <laughs> what's that? What do you mean, what's that? Clover Knee? Yeah, Clover Knee. Did you say Knee of the Monster? Cloverfield? Who's exactly. Clover? That's not a real name either. Dingus. Clover Knee. She's the little girl. She's Molly. That's a girl? You're a girl. Mm-hmm. 
You got me. That's Molly Clover Knee. They have they actually cast somebody in this name, with, name in this movie with the name Clover. Clover Knee. Sounds like nepotism. No relation. <laughs> or, right. or, ne- or nepotism. Uh, the Cloverfield Paradox is rated <laughs> TV-MA for being recommended as PG-13 mm-hmm. for disturbing and bloody images, sci-fi mm-hmm. violence, mm-hmm. action and peril, mm-hmm. and brief, strong language. Got it. Kelly Wan, is there anything missing from that list? I noticed some interracial crew members and scenes of smoking from the ship. <laughs> ship smokes a lot. Ventilation uh, is not smoking. How dare you? Oh. Cloverfield Paradox did not have a theatrical release, so uh, we don't know how much money it made. Basically, Netflix bought it to add to their brand. So it's got that. Their, well, their they- brand – Cachet went up with uh, the acquisition of this movie. They dumped it right after the Super Bowl to trick us. Well, like oh, that's not Kelly. Oh, okay. uh, on Metacritic, 37 is the average rating from various reviews on a scale from 1 to 100. On Rotten Tomatoes, the percentage of reviews that are positive, 16%. <laughs> Kelly Wand, uh, there's a lot going on in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's eventful. I'm going to need you to unpack it with a clover flopsis prodopsis. If you're not, right, you know, you're supposed to think in words and paragraphs. <laughs> All right, what would such a thing be called then? The Cloverfield Paradopsis? <laughs> Way better than what I said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See? All right, hit us with it, Kelly Wand. Engage. The Cloverfield Paradopsis. Some anchormen on the news are all, this just in, we have five years of energy left. Correction, none. <laughs> a black lady astronaut named Mildred and her BF, who I think works in a hospital, although we never see him do much, are in a long line of cars at the world's only gas station. He's all, wait, why you go into space again? She's all, they have the same voice. She's all. <laughs> Because the scientists of whatever year this is have concluded there are no energy sources left in our universe, so we have to siphon gas from other dimensions and hope they don't do it back to us. <laughs> He's all... And why is your space station named after John Goodman's address? <laughs> the Texaco station's E and X lights go out. Everybody boos. A redneck's all, Thanks, Obama! Mildred's all, ugh, driving all the way out here sure proved a poor use of our last 20 gallons. By the way, I'm still sad about blowing up our kids by changing that light bulb last week. (laughs) As if our characters in this didn't have enough energy issues. He sighs, sniffles, clutches her hand and goes, hey, it's okay. The kids weren't that great. Despite the gasoline issue, whoever's in charge somehow gets Mildred in a grab bag of ironically one-dimensional ethnicities up into a space station orbiting the Earth, named Cloverfield Paradox. For so dad's all, I'm in this? Oh, I'm already scared. The North Korean one's all, white switch ready, red man! Scratch that person! 
black captain or blapton is all all right so the- <laughs> what wait what <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, I don't label people, Dingus. It's not what this is. Blapton's all. All right, settle down, yo. Y'all know the NASA protocols. Time for Ahmed's prayer. Ahmed? Lord, please bless our science experiment and don't let anything dumb or implausible happen. I hope the God I'm praying to is not heavier by them from Mother. Putin, who's now an astronaut, is all. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Take it down, Putin. <laughs> and please wipe out the entire nation of Germany. The German purser's all. Why you? They slap and kick at each other, hissing. Oh, doubt all. Or as long as I'm still able to masturbate after this, any experiment's a success. <laughs> The captain's all, Christ, white people. Mildred, set the experiment dial to start soon. Mildred's all, yes, sir. She hits the wrong button. Parts of the ship explode. Through the windows, all the lights on Earth black out. They watch debris float past, and a couple other characters we didn't meet die. Over the comm, a scientist in Houston's all, thanks, Obama. The captain's all, damn it. Fucking Netflix technology. O'Dowd, better get out your CG glue gun. Over a montage of everybody arguing and more stuff breaking, some space words are all the Cloverfield Paradoxes. Eventually, instead of fixing the ship, the crew decides to watch Fox News. <laughs> I'm Sean Hannity. Yeah. My guest today is the epic named Dr. Warner, Nobel Prize eligible podiatrist and author of the OK selling book, The Cloverfield Paradox, some warnings about an upcoming science experiment. Doctor, I don't read. Maybe you could describe what some of this book jacket says. <laughs> My name is pronounced something else. This science is bad. Splitting atoms makes demons. It's simple physics. <laughs> <laughs> The captain gets bored and turns the TV off. Hey, Vladimir's knock knock and Z. Oh, oh, Dosvidonia, what a pleasant sounding conversational opening. Who's there? Fucking you and Z. Belgian <laughs> <laughs> translates, the Russians all, why you? They slap fight again. <laughs> Tension. It's like 2010, kind of. Oh, Dowd's all. I sure wish we had an Italian. The captain. <laughs> the captain's all. Bay, how are our readouts and levels and shit looking? White levels at top. Man readouts indecipherable. Jeez. <laughs> oh, See, I can do woman characters. The captain's all. Whoa, easy. I didn't ask for that much detail. Arab? The comical Arabs all. God, us again. Uh, you were kind of a dick last experiment, but this time we hope you'll take pity on us and make the name of this movie the Cloverfield Success Story. <laughs> the Colin comical Gay. Arab. The comical <laughs> Arab. <laughs> Colin Yeh, question mark ellipsis. Salam alaikum. <laughs> Mildred's all. Here goes nothing. 
She hits the same wrong button again. All the CG panels explode and Earth disappears. Something that sounds like a giant monster starts making annoying noises in their wall. (laughs) (laughs) So the captain and the comical Arab decide to take the wall off and let the thing out to kill them. Unluckily, the screaming demon making the whole ship shake turns out to be a crying, short-haired blonde chick stuck in (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dowd's all. Don't feel bad. That happened to me last week. (laughs) She looks at Mildred and goes, Mildred, ow. Everybody stares at Mildred like, oh, whoa, what? How'd she know what Al means? Since the doctor's not interested, they make Bayling get the wires out of the glaze eyed blonde's <laughs> limbs by using their bagel machine. <laughs> Once this gets tedious, the captain's all, ma'am, who are you and why are you so bad at wiring? My name is something. My rank on my dimensions, Cloverfield, was token Chinese character. Bayling's all. I hope I get memorable death scene. <laughs> After the ring and dark water, my people want something less aqueous and more space related. <laughs> the captain's all. Hey, look, blonde's glaze eyes in this picture of all of us here on the wall. It's like a reverse back to the future. Guess Arab's prayer worked. Oh, Dowd's all. Okay, uh, we're up a blonde woman, always good, but uh, according to these off-screen instruments, the Earth's gone. I'm no accountant, but what the... Okay, stop going by the instruments. We'll do this scientifically. Everybody stare through a different window. If you see Earth, bark. (laughs) Suspenseful music plays while they all look out the windows at stars spinning around. Finally, O'Dowd farts, but this turns out to be a false alarm. Curiously, no one asks about the moon or other planets. <laughs> Eventually, Mildred's all. Sir, I didn't find an Earth, but I noticed something else missing. O'Dowd's arm. The captain's all, damn it, O'Dowd. Oh, yeah, I was gluing a wall, and uh, the wall ate it. So up a blonde woman, down 96% of an arm and one planet. Oh, and also our gyroscope, which is space talk for map. The Russians all, impossible, Earth missing, and blonde woman and wires I can understand, but I put gyroscope right there. He points at a DVD player slot where O'Dowd keeps his socks. (laughs) Although I was a little hungry last night. He pats a gyroscope-shaped bulge in his stomach. The captain's all. All right, yo, that's enough work for today. Except for you, O'Dowd. Wall on E-deck needs gluing. Try to be more careful this time. O'Dowd tries to salute, but glues his hand to his head. <laughs> oh, God. Emilio Estevez leans over to me and goes, that gun's what my Breakfast Club character used on that nerd's buns. Meanwhile, in one of the space station's many bathrooms, the Russian has eye trouble. Finally, he tells his reflection... Don't worry, master, I have plan. He uses the bagel machine to make a toy pistol and snap some bullets I guess he already has into it. <laughs> I lean over to Trump and whisper, sure is annoying when Russians hack stuff. Huh? <laughs> he says something fat and stupid, so I move to a battleground seat. The Russian finds the German and goes, <laughs> In Russia, gun shoot you! Uh, I mean, uh... The panicked Germans all, Eins, zwei, drei! Instead of shooting him, the Russian froze at the mouth and dies. They take his body to the doctor to do an autopsy, but the doctor's all, Neh. 
They all look at Bay. <laughs> Bay links sighs and whips out her katana. They find the Russians filled with worms. O'Dowd comes and goes, By the way, our pet worms are also missing, so up a blonde woman. The screenwriter of the movie leans over to me and goes, See worms. That explains the eye trouble the Russian was having. <laughs> I'm all, eh, I don't think you're smoking marijuana and typing correctly. Meanwhile, on Earth, Mildred's boyfriend drives around in a car while on his cell phone, his friends all, Hey, yeah, so we can't find your girlfriend's space station. <laughs> don't worry, bro. You'll meet someone better. Easily. Awesome cell service, though, huh? Suddenly, the boyfriend notices a building on fire filled with demonic screaming. He parks and goes inside, but the screaming turns out in this case to be just a crying little Caucasian boy with poo on his face. Not stuck in wires. <laughs> He's all, child character, who are you? What happened? How'd you get here? How, why should I care? Since the kid's just a day player, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> so the boyfriend makes the kid... <laughs> So the boyfriend makes the kid get into his car with him, throws a towel over him to help with the smell, and drives around some more, since he now has unlimited gas. Meanwhile, back on the Paradox, they find O'Dowd's arm wandering the corridors, doing nothing. O'Dowd's all, that's how we know it's mine. For fun, they capture the arm, and instead of sewing it back onto O'Dowd, put it under an arm-sized glass case they have lying around. (laughs) (laughs) The arm knocks on the glass a couple times. Then when they all look, it flips them off. <laughs> oh, Dowd's all. Oh, look. It's, I think it's trying to write the word pen. Huh. I wonder why. Eventually, after trying to feed it some Skittles, they find a red Sharpie. <laughs> Try that. It writes in flawless red Calibri upside down. Hint. <laughs> Cut open the Russian guy some more, exclamation point. Instead of asking any follow-up questions or X-raying the Russian, they all look at the doctor and hand him a scalpel. Oh, no. My next lunch break's tomorrow. They sighs and cuts open the Russian. They find the worms again, and this time lodged in the Russian's pancreas. The gyroscope. Yeah! (laughs) The captain drags it out of the worms with a gooey squelch and kisses it and them. Captain's all, thank God. Arm, you're promoted to first mate. O'Dowd scowls at his other still attached arm. Its size looks jealous and shakes its fist at the detached arm. They try to fight, fist bumping. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Mildred's boyfriend makes the kid move in with him into someone's closet and do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great arc. Luckily, his cell reception's still perfect, so he gets a text from his friend that says, Yo, I somehow found out who that kid is. Details not worth typing. Also found his parents, although they don't talk either. I told them you found their kid in the burning building they ditched him in. They say they're very grateful that a bit of the building's still okay. But the black guy's already asleep. The kid doesn't say anything or look at us. He still has poo on his face. Meanwhile, back on the paradox, the captain tells O'Dowd to put the gyroscope back where it belongs. So O'Dowd puts it back inside the Russian. O'Dowd's amputated arms impatiently and puts the gyroscope back in the sock drawer that runs the ship. Some lights <laughs> bloop. O'Dowd's all, oh, guys, look, the constellation's upside down. That means we're upside down. Oh. 
I think Drew Goddard watched Poseidon last night. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Reeves. The Upside Down Comet somehow makes sense to the others, so they somehow turn the space station right side up, which somehow makes the following happen. The captain's all, oh, now that we turn this ship upside down, right side up, there's the Earth. It was behind the sun the whole time. Rascal. Man, that would have taken us minutes to notice manually. Meanwhile, in the TV room, the blonde girl shakes Mildred awake and goes, Oh, by the way, in this universe, you didn't kill your kids changing a light bulb. Look. She makes Mildred watch video of her kids and her other self laughing at something off screen. Probably J.J. Abrams explaining to reporters how this thing fits into the Cloverfield franchise. (laughs) Obviously, you shouldn't go down there with them and hang out because the other you would find your company annoying. Bailing wanders in and goes, I need to make sure no one locked inside Waddle Room. (laughs) 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 They stare at her till she leaves. Bailing goes to a room and hits a button that says water. Water starts pouring in. <laughs> she knocks on the door and cries, but this fails to open it. A voice is all, Asian character drowning on level five. Repeat. The captain's all, damn it, oh, dad, stop doing that voice. Come on. They all run and wave at Bei Ling through the glass while she pounds on it and water fills the room. Behind them, O'Dowd's arm writes, break the glass, question mark, but no one notices. <laughs> Instead, what breaks is the hull, where eventually a hole opens and freezes the water and Bei Ling. The captain's reaction to this is, <laughs> damn it, we're awesome, but this stupid dimension is eating us alive. <laughs> no matter how tight our game is. The blonde girl's all, by the way, I know you guys don't know me, but in my dimension, the German character's a traitor, so maybe yours is the captain. <laughs> It's a good point. He punches the German in the face and they put him in the ring. Without asking him any questions at all. But it's not like anything's different. So I'm exactly the same. Since they're nowhere near Earth. Whatever. Mildred Yon goes to her stateroom and calls her other self, who sees who's calling and lets it go to voicemail. Mildred's all, hey me, it's you calling. I just want to say that whatever you're doing, whether it's driving by a cliff or swimming away from a shark, just stop it right now and go hassle your husband and your kids. Also, don't change any light bulbs. Just sit in the dock. Meanwhile, something else breaks. So the captain puts on a spacesuit, looks through an airlock window at Mildred and goes, don't worry, I saw this trick in the commuter. (laughs) He unhitches a clamp connecting them with the rest of the ship. (laughs) The captain explodes. Mildred sighs. Meanwhile, the blonde girl, who I guess has access, makes a gun using the bagel machine, just like the Russian did. (laughs) 
It really made sure that didn't happen again. <laughs> then she goes up to the Arab guy and goes, By the way, I misspoke earlier. I'm a traitor. She shoots him and makes Mildred sit in a shuttle's cockpit with her. <laughs> then punches her in the face and giggles and runs off. <laughs> gratuitous. I felt for her the way you did about it. <laughs> Lena Hetty with dread. Tom thought that was unnecessary when she did that. Mildred shakes her fist, then unhooks her seatbelt and chases the blonde lady to an engine room where she's shooting the rush or the German. <laughs> totally different character. Totally differently written. Instead of double teaming the blonde lady, the Germans all, Mildred, run. I can handle her by myself. Mildred's already running anyway. The German craftily launches himself at the blonde lady and gets shot again. The blonde lady chases Mildred and gets into a fist fight with her. Mildred hits the blonde lady's blow air and own face button on the arm of her space. <laughs> Momentarily annoying her. <laughs> then presses the suck air out of room button and laughs as the blonde lady gets sucked out along with some sheets of paper she doesn't need. Mildred hits the let all the air back in here instantly button and goes, oh, oh yeah, I almost forgot that worm gyros work and I can go back to my own world again. <laughs> she hits go back to own dimension and crosses her fingers and eyes for luck. Back on our earth, the boyfriend's cell rings. His friends all, hey, good news, bro. The parents of that kid said just keep him. Also, uh, Mildred and parts of her dumb space station are back. Uh, so instead of having her just call you, I, I told her to come down to Earth immediately. Just told her to land wherever, you know, what? It's fine. <laughs> the boyfriend's all, what? Mildred's back. Ugh, tell her no. Tell her to stay away. Tell her I'm not interested. Mildred gets into a shuttle and flies it down through some Star Trek clouds, like the one <laughs> dingus finds nice. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. Same clouds, same Abrams. A giant monster head rises into view, yawns at us, and loses interest. I look over at the screenwriter and go, all right, first, define paradox. <laughs> some words tell me who wishes they'd worked on life. The end. <laughs> That's a double entendre, I guess. I capitalized. Oh my All gosh, right. this movie. All right, I'll go for my over and under. I went with other movies about parallel dimensions. Uh, there's a, a kind of an art house sci-fi movie from several years back that got a woman named Britt Marling. Uh, uh, her career started. Directed by a guy named Ma Mike Cahill. Uh, I think this was at Sundance. It got picked up by uh, Sony. Uh, and a movie called Another Earth is about a parallel Earth appearing. Uh, and it uses this concept – to uh, examine regret and grief and forgiveness and all these kind of art house subject matter thingies. It's not very good. Uh, Another Earth is interesting, but I don't care for it for the most part. I do, however, love the, the final shot of Another Earth, like the implications of, of, uh, of the story. And I like how it plays with that. But you have to sit through most of the, the rest of the movie. Uh, 
So that's my over. Uh, my under, and I have to go. I have to dig pretty deep to go under Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, there's a movie on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's a made-for-sci-fi movie that I only know because it's directed by a guy who's really good. There's an Irish director named Billy O'Brien, and he started out making a really cool movie with uh, Ruth Nega called uh, Isolation. And Isolation is literally – it's like what if the movie Alien took place on a dairy farm? Uh, and Isolation I like a lot. Uh, he then made a movie called The Hybrid. He's most recently done a movie called I Am Not a Serial Killer, which is certainly bold. I'm not sure about entirely successful. But somewhere in there, he – it looks like a contract work or something. He made a movie for sci-fi called Ferocious Planet. And the only famous person in Ferocious Planet, and this will tell you a lot, John Reese davies uh, and, and otherwise a bunch of uh, sci-fi channel actory types. Uh, and they're in a basement where they're experimenting on a portal to look at alternate dimensions, you know, alternate realities. And they get sucked into the other alternate reality, and there's like dinosaurs there that chase them. Uh, and uh, I don't remember what happens, but it's it's one of those horrible made-for-sci-fi movies. Uh, and the only reason that that is that, – that Cloverfield Paradox is better than that is Cloverfield Paradox at least had an, an intriguing cast, and at times I could sort of see a budget. Uh, but otherwise, like I said, I had to go pretty low to get something worse than Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, Dingus, why don't you go next? What's an over and an under for this movie, and what did you think of it? All right, my over is way over. I freaking hated this thing. I I just think it's a poor excuse for repurposing a script, which is the same thing they did with Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, they just uh, found this thing called the God Particle, and they figured, well, we can just repurpose it and try to smudge it into the Cloverfield universe, and then make excuses to bring monsters in through time travel. Um, and they're they're trying to make a universe. Uh, but, uh, this is way, this is way over this, uh, mainly because I think that the, well, I, I thought the, the, uh, space station on this looked beautiful. Um, it's, it's way too big. Um, and I think that a movie that does this much better, much better. And in not only just because of the, the ship. Uh, but because of the, the cast and the emotional gravity of the movie would be Europa Report, uh, which movie I really love. I love Europa Report. I love, um, I, I love the, you know, th th this movie does all these little different things with like trying to make, uh, the cast have all of these different types. Uh, and I think that Europa Report does that much, much better. So, just considering the idea of an over and under as an I as this plan of getting people to watch movies they might not have seen, please see Europa Report if you've seen this uh, and you haven't seen Europa Report because it's great. Um, under it was difficult for me too, but it was just a you know I just chose a dumb like a dumb movie that has an excuse for bringing monsters to earth. And that would be Apollo 18. Wait, that's, what? That's, that's Purpose. mean. Huh. At Why least, at least mean? Apollo 18. Well, that was a, uh, that's a director we like. It Apollo is but... has a couple good ideas. In it. It's mostly lame, but 
Well, I think it, it, but I, I don't, uh, I think that the whole found footage idea of Apollo 18, and that's kind of how I'm linking this because having, uh, you know, I watched Cloverfield again this week and the more I watch Cloverfield, the more I like it. Uh, There are things that are glaringly weird about it and not that good about it, but it really wears well. Uh, as a found footage movie, in spite of the fact of HUD being this ridiculous character who's constantly carrying, carrying a camera. You, once you accept that premise, it's fine. Uh, I don't accept the premise of Apollo 18. And so I sort of did this sort of weird branching. Uh, and I just, I, I, I hated Apollo 18 more than I hated this. So far, Kelly Wan, Dingus likes Cloverfield Paradox the most based on his over and under. What is your over and under? What are you going to do? How, how deep can you dig to find a movie worse than Cloverfield Paradox? Well, I'm not really good at this game, but um, <laughs> my under is Alien, uh, obviously. No, JK. My under is uh, there's a movie called Supernova that came out around James Spader? Yeah. I like oh, it. come on. Wow. That, that's your under? That's my under, yeah. It's not uh, good. Supernova is not that bad. No, nah. the production history behind it's more interesting to me than the movie because they're it's like the directors were fired and the studio was really meddling and it's, it was one of those it was a total clusterfuck. But uh, I don't remember any good deaths in Supernova. Well, it wasn't that kind of movie, was it? Yeah, but there's nothing else either. Like. There's no aliens, even. There's no... I don't know. There's nothing fun in Supernova. I remember right. thinking that. Um, although I was circling around Passengers as an under. Because there's nothing good in that, either. But uh, my over is either Event Horizon, which still sucks. But I remember thinking it was kind of atmospheric at the time. Like, it jumps the shark. It's like Event Horizon kind of starts out not bad. And then you're hoping it stays that good. And then it just... It, it just walks up a cliff. Uh, but my, I guess Sunshine's a good over, too. I don't know. Event Horizon's right over it, and Sunshine's way over it. Uh, I didn't... Well, the, yeah. Go, go ahead. You didn't what? Well, I didn't mind... I didn't mind the random dumbness of this. Uh, but... The characters are boring as shit. The the stuff on Earth was they added after it was focus grouped, and they're like, everyone wants to know what's happening on Earth. So he, he that stuff was just stapled in, but none of it's good or interesting. Or do you know that for a fact? Yeah, I read it. Oh, <laughs> so I know it's true. Well, no wonder I, I I one of the one of the notes I wrote was I cannot stand the way this movie is structured. I couldn't yeah. understand any of that crap on Earth. No, it's not good. It's boring, and there's no payoff. And that's kind of true of the other stuff, too. Like, it's all interesting. I don't like movies where it, it thinks I don't know. I've never thought or read, um, like, a Twilight Zone episode or, like, thought about other dimensions. And, like, it's really going to try to – it thinks it's blowing my mind, and it's, like, it's dumber than stuff I thought of when I was five. The parallel I see, because I, I think the real problem with this movie is that it's just trying to jam too much stuff together, uh, including that stuff on Earth, and, and just gratuitously for no reason having people go into a bunker other than, hey, the last Cloverfield was in a bunker. Um, right. 
And there's just so much stuff, I mean, jammed together here. There's the concept of the doomed astronauts and the crippled ship, and uh, there's the dimensional travel. There's a little body horror. There's a giant monster apocalypse. You've got elements of a moon in there. But but I think what, what what's really going on here uh, is this is the same thing that drove the TV series Lost. But Lost had the luxury of moving more slowly and teasing you all along. And ultimately, when you jam Lost together and try to figure out what happens, it's as dumb as Cloverfield Paradox. And that's you know that's J.J. Abrams, that's uh, Brian Burke and Drew Goddard. All of their names are on this as well. They were uh, significant creative forces on uh, the ongoing mess of Lost. So this is that without any room to breathe and tease you. And it's just all this messy ball jammed together and none of it fits and none of it makes sense. Uh, and I'm not the least bit surprised, by the way, that Netflix was like, oh, surprise, now you can watch it. Look, woohoo. Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> just, they just shoved this thing out there. I mean, they, they must have known how stupid it was. And they kind of were hoping the only thing that could sell it is just a complete blackout and then a quick release to just get it out there quickly. Uh, although I imagine this might get like that kind of bright like, was a huge hit for them uh, like recently. So I would have expected them to go, Oh, if you like bright, we got even, we got something exactly like that. Nah, I'm pretty sure. Cause at least bright had, I mean, bright, I didn't care for it all. It was very max. That's Landis. a movie star. Super heavy. It's got a movie star. It's got a couple of them. It's super heavy handed, but at least bright knows what it's trying to do. And it's got this, this, it's ripping logic. off something specific. <laughs> exactly. There's a consistency to it. And yeah. Uh, and there, there's just nothing. They must have known what a train wreck this was. Uh, and I'm, I'm mainly disappointed. I mean, the cast is one thing. You, you know, they, these guys have to, the actors have to eat as well. But I'm mainly disappointed that this is Oren Uziel's follow-up project after Shimmer, Shimmer Lake. He's a, he's a screenwriter. He, he got to direct his own movie. He got to direct Shimmer Lake. And I was super excited about his God Particle script being folded into the Clover uni- uh, Field universe. Uh, and I'm just I, this. I, there's no sign of any of the cleverness in in Shimmer Lake. I can imagine maybe at one point God Particle might have played with some of the the narrative structure playfulness in Shimmer Lake. Might have tried to do that with its alternate dimensions. Mm. Maybe somewhere back in an early draft, or Anuziel had something going like that. Uh, but yeah, there's just no sign of. Uh, there's no sign of of the clever guy who made Shimmer Lake in this, uh, which is what I'm mainly disappointed in. There's not a lot of stuff to look forward to. Like if you were going, there's no reason to ever watch it again. Like, oh, that part's gonna. Like, you can think about that movie Life, even though you liked it way more than I did. But there's stuff mm-hmm. in there that's kind of freaky and scary and weird, and the creatures kind of interesting. And in this, like, all the deaths are boring as shit. Like, well, life life is a consistent focused movie and even if you right. don't care for it i mean it's got an insist- a consistent aesthetic and it, kn- it knows what it's trying to do it knows what genre it's in it knows how to end with a really cool payoff uh and yeah. you, you know the cast is on board everybody here felt lost i'm even wondering uh does does z <laughs> Zhang not speak english like i, I don't no, know she does. well why she didn't does, she speak but... english in this movie because I think they're playing with the idea of the international group and being able to. That's not how international Chinese. groups work, though. Oh, this idea that like world building where Chinese is like on a parallel with well, English. The, 
Well, yeah, well, because they're talking about two different uh, – there, there are two different um, control stations, ground control stations. One is in China and one is in um, America. And uh, since they're dealing with both of those, they're, they're talking about both of those but things. That's not how – that's not how – like at least with air traffic control, like, like all pilots speak English. They communicate with ground control in English. That's where the dumb ones. Uh, like I, I maybe that maybe because I think their suits say ESA, which I believe is European Space Agency. Is that what they're going for? I have no idea. Yeah, but, but I, I that's not. But I think they're just. I think they're. I think they're just trying to uh, make some hay with Chinese people. Well, but she could. She's a she's a famous Chinese actress. I mean, she, I I just didn't know. I mean, it was an example for me of how even the actress seemed lost. Like the the comic relief that Chris O'Dowd was doing, like that wouldn't fit in a movie like Life or Europa Project, which I think is what this movie was off more often trying to be. Uh, right. You know, this comedic bit where you could where his arm was crawling around. That was very Sam Raimi. And that why was that in yeah. there? Uh, like all the, well, all the actors Raimi. felt lost to me, and that's kind of what I was wondering about. You know, even uh, Ziyi Zhang, I was thinking, well, maybe she, she just doesn't speak English, so they're not giving her any English dialogue because they gave oh. the other actors Chinese dialogue. Uh, right, right. I think she does speak English. I think they're just – I think they're, they were just trying to make it more – they were trying to pad her a little bit. That's what I think was happening. And uh, by the way, Chris Markinson does say this is no this is no life. You know, he's saying the same thing. And Tom, you were talking about this being like this, this ball. This, how did you describe it? Like this just ball. That's like it's just stuff jammed together. And there's jammed no, together. yeah, yeah. There, there's for no me, crafting in the chaos. way pieces fit. For me, it felt like, uh, it, what I wrote in my notes was, was spaghetti being thrown up against a wall. Basically. It was just, it was, it was, it felt to me like a, they threw a bunch of writers in a room and said, uh, come up with a bunch of cool, weird things that might happen, and they and they basically came up with a haunted house. Okay, well, a guy's arm gets stuck in a wall and gets cut off, and then somebody gets drowned and frozen as well, and oh, worms come out of a dude's body. Yeah, okay, let's do that. None of it has anything to do thematically, and that's why uh, Kelly, did you have Event Horizon as your over? Yeah, reluctantly. Even even I don't like her, Event Horizon, but at least either. it felt thematically consistent. This just felt like this really felt like a cheap haunted house. It felt like like we're just going to throw a bunch of just a crap against the wall, see what sticks, and then we'll just throw those things into the movie. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's dimensionally accurate or whatever. Um, which this movie doesn't have any idea about, by the way. That's what and, really bothers me is like dumb scientists annoy me now in movies, like where they're su- super stupid. And the other Cloverfield movies you didn't have that issue because they were just random people. Well, yeah. one of the things that Chris Markinson said is, is it, is it me or, or did the script get mixed up between dimension and parallel universe? Up and down are dimensions – they appear to be interacting with another universe. Those for me would seem to be different things. Right. So he, you know, I, I don't think that the script is even smart enough to answer Chris's question. There. 
There's a, there was someone I read a review of it because I want to go. Does anybody like this? I was trying to find like a good review of it. Sixteen percent of the the credits on credits yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, Kelly Wand. How can you possibly it? like this? Oh my god! Uh, maybe if you don't know the genre, like if you don't know science fiction, and maybe you're really into Elizabeth Debicki, and uh, yeah, maybe you just have yeah, low standards. <laughs> yeah, your bar's really low, and you haven't seen the other Cloverfields, and you're really stoned. <laughs> and you've never seen any movies, <laughs> and you're new, and you, you're still in the womb. But you were going to tell us one of the reviews you read said, "Oh, one of the reviews said, um, and I think it was it was sort of sort of a little bit positive." And they were like, "See, there's three dimensions," and that was their explanation for it. And so one of them is the Russian. Eye trouble is because he's in the same. He's sharing a body with his counterpart, but then there's a dimension. Well, that's supposed to be a demon thing because of that stupid Fox News rubbish. Yeah, they can. Well, they. I mean, they 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 do give themselves license to just make any old thing happen. Yeah, like that. Someone even says. Hey, that's you know, like I guess it's that guy you're talking about that they're interviewing says, "Hey, demons can come out when you, uh, uh, you know, we can do anything." And, and that's and that's what you know. How would he? Why, know? <laughs> why does why does Chris O'Dowd get his arm stuck in a wall and nobody else? And why does that only happen once? Why aren't the walls right. constantly well, shifting underneath them? They, they, they why did? Why stuff? isn't the floor doing that? Why don't they? Yeah. Just why get didn't their all the worms? How come okay. all the worms teleported into the Russian? Right. Uh, like all, nothing makes any sense, Gyre. and it, you know the, the fact that there's a room that will get flooded when you ventilate the moisture, <laughs> the condensation, like nothing. It's it's all completely risable, and I don't think that the movie understands how ridiculous it is, which well, I the think captain, go on. Well, I think it could be its only saving grace if there was any self awareness to this silliness, and there's not. I mean, I I do think the movie thinks it's being. Like Dinga said, a cool haunted house movie. And I, I think, you know, they told that poor woman who played the lead, yeah, you're the emotional anchor, and we're going to need you to, do the, to give it some gravitas, and we're going to need you to really bring it home with this speech about, hey, don't go to the next meeting. Just hug your kids instead. Uh, and and that, that poor woman, she gave it her best. but the, She did. And, I and by just the felt, way, yep. if she'd gone down there, like the whole thing was, no, you can't go there. The other you has her kids. I would love it if a clone of me showed up and go, hey, <laughs> let's take a night off. Let me watch yeah. the kids. I mean, what's the deal? Like, it's not like you'd go, oh, you're an intruder in the household. It'd be someone just like you. So you'd have all kinds of cool shit to talk about. Did you see another Earth, Kelly Wand? No, you make it sound good, and I love the I love all those. Like I try to see every movie in that genre because it, it plays with that, and, and you know, Moon is another example too. It, it plays with that idea: is hey, what if you could meet yourself? Yeah, right. Uh, this, do you remember the that, connective I, tissue with uh, Lost, as far as another Earth is concerned? Uh, <laughs> William Maypother, is are you being yeah. that? Lord Dingus. <laughs> so that's not connective tissue. That's a that's a Isn't cast he member in Lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lots yeah. of people are lost. Lost ran Dingus for like, what, six seasons? Everybody's in Lost. <sighs> According to Kelly Wan, Tony Collette is in Lost. Hey, Ling's in Lost. <laughs> yeah, Tony Collette's best word. It's the mom. I like that one of her kids doesn't even have a name. Can't, can't be bothered. It's, oh, slow down, Kelly. So, Kelly Wan, you, you really don't know Elizabeth Debnicki from anything? 
The blonde woman? Yeah, with a crazy long neck. I find her fascinating. Like, her, oh, she does she, have a super long neck. Doesn't yeah, she, she? That, that woman. She's like six foot three. Like, she's incredibly tall. Uh, uh, and it's and it's all neck. It looks like it's all neck. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what would I know her from? Not really anything. I mean, she's painted gold in the last uh, Guardians, Guardians of the, of the Galaxy, Galaxy movie. Yeah. But but really, you um, should know her from th- – I don't think you guys have seen uh, a TV series called Night Manager with uh, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, she's prominent in that. And there's a really – Kelly Wan, you would like this. Uh, there is an aggravatingly mysterious but very effective – uh, Australia, you know, I think it's actually a New Zealand production uh, called The Kettering Incident, uh, and it's all Elizabeth Debnicki uh, and uh, it, it, Kelly Wan. I, I think you would appreciate The Kettering Incident. Uh, it's basically like what if Lost didn't suck, right? Like uh, those Jeff Vandermeer novels, the um, right, the Annihilation trilogy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what if Lost didn't suck too. But anyway, Elizabeth Deb- Debnicki, I. I I like her a lot, and it. I she. Here's my. Let's try to say good things about uh, Cloverfield Paradox, and I'll start. <laughs> Here you go. I, this is difficult, but I found something. Elizabeth Debnicki looks. It's awesome. Debicki. It's just Debicki. No, it's Debnicki. No, it's Debnicki. You call her Nikki for short. <laughs> Whatever her last name is, I'm uncomfortable with the arrangement of consonants in her last name, Dingus. Uh, <laughs> she looks awesome in space armor. <laughs> There. I said that. That's a positive thing. When she's when they have that cat fight at the end, she's got the gun and she's got that white space armor with the thing, the, the like collar thing around her neck. Awesome. All right. Dingus, you go. Say something good about the Cloverfield Paradox. Well, I, I will just groove right off of what you just said because the because I did anticipate you asking this question, mm-hmm. and I do like it that it's that it's two women duking it out while the men are all like writhing around on the floor having been shot and and the women are the ones that are like beating each other up uh to you know find out who's going to win i i, I kind of like that i you know i i was reaching for something to find in this because i hated it so much um and you know Nick D, which uh, who I will talk about in a little bit, said it's, this movie is too stupid to hate. Um, I really had to reach for something to like, but I did like the fact that two women are fighting at the end, rather than a, like a bunch of dudes fighting over a woman. A woman, and uh, you know the the guys have all been shot. <laughs> it's kind of cool, actually. Dingus, I think it's it's time for you to just hunker down and finally watch Lady Blood fight. It's gonna happen sooner yeah. or later. You might as well get it get it out of get it out of the way now. Fine, I'll watch Handmaiden first. I think. All right, Kelly wants to say something good about the Cloverfield paradox. Um, it's pretty wacky. I liked the opening credits, <laughs> where they're because I'm not sure where it's going yet. So I liked the uncertainty when they're like, "What?" and shit's breaking, and they all look like tense, and I go. Wait, so that's going to be a fast-paced movie. That's what's going. That's why they're doing it now. They're showing me <laughs> a montage. You're looking really concerned. I went, that's kind of cool. Like I, I don't. I mean, I just, uh, I didn't even that. Like I feel that the, this this idea of fear of a of a hadron particle collider is so 2008. Like that, I, I just, I couldn't believe that that was going to be their premise. I mean, it just felt it felt stale from the get go. Yeah. 
Well, but it's supposed to be topical because we're, we're running out of energy in real life, Tom, so we have to do this experiment. We're not just doing it because we have hubris. And she, she did explain you know, that she's had to steal energy for her family. Yeah. It was also too. It's like they try it twice. Yeah, she had to steal energy and it blew up her kids. She had to. St- <laughs> <laughs> so insensitive, Kelly. Yeah. Wong. Oh yeah, that's me. It's all on me. <laughs> but like they do it twice and it doesn't work, and then the third time they don't do anything differently and it does work. So they're probably sort of jiggling the gyroscope. You know, yeah. sort of like when when the fuel gauge is empty and you tap on it with your finger to verify. They do stuff like that. I'm sure it's just not on camera. She looked hot with wires in her leg, legs, too, actually. Boy, she recovered from that pretty quickly, being perforated yeah. with cables and wires <laughs> and pipes. She's up and about in no they time. They set it up, though, because the, they have that magic surgery thing, the glue gun surgery. Oh, I guess so. Boy, the payoff for that was non-existent. Yeah. That, that was the whole joke is that uh, it it's going to, like, tear apart Chris O'Dowd. But he's going to die anyway from the oxygen canister getting pulled into the wall. Like have, having him impaled by the, the glue gun going crazy is just gratuitous. He's going to explode anyway regardless of those goo tentacles uh, yeah. sticking into him. Like that was just gratuitous. There was no that, – that, he was going to blow up. Don't impale the poor guy as well. It's just, that's just a little much. Yeah, Chris O'Dowd gets the crap kicked out of him in this, doesn't he? And he's well, a comic he, relief. Don't be so mean to him. He doesn't on, care. He's like he he shrugs it off and doesn't seem to mind losing his arm. And then he's he's like, yeah, I can still glue stuff. I still got this other arm. Like they're not like, all right, we don't want like that. He's not even doesn't even get a pass for the afternoon. Like <laughs> or they let someone else do the gluing, or they're scared to glue because it costs you arms. They're just like, yeah, okay, you can just do left-handed. I don't know. I, want I do like love it. that they can sit in line in the cars forever <laughs> with the cars waiting on. for gas. Yeah, that <laughs> used up more gas than just staying home. And even that looked so chintzy. I mean, I guess if they were just going back and reshooting stuff, that explains it. But they didn't. They they had no budget to create a, a real look of chaos or destruction on earth, much less right. like a jammed freeway. Like they maybe had, I don't I don't know, 10 cars lined up on a street that had been closed. They, like that was how they wanted to create this sense of like a, 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 a world running out of energy, yeah. like some big traffic what a jam or whatever that was supposed to be. Yeah. And then that vaguely, that vaguely wrecked building where the little kid is, yeah. it's like, that's your, that's your massive destruction wrought by the Cloverfield monster. Really? I haven't That's seen this much carnage since Naboo episode one. Boy, when <laughs> Trade Federation took over, things really went Sort of like this vague smoke monster that's overhead. Do you see that? Like when they're, when he's wandering into the broken building and there's – Oh, I thought, like I thought the, that was the shadow of, of Cloverfield, of, of the monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I meant. This vague smoke monster. We don't well, get to see it. It's just, no, it's that's just, Cloverfield. That was Cloverfield. That was his yeah. shadow being cast up into the smoke. But yeah. We already have an origin for Cloverfield. It was in the movie Cloverfield <laughs> and the viral well, marketing. Well, they didn't explain well, that thing in the background falling into the ocean. But on the online, there's all the right, uh, right, right, the, right. The, the guy's going. He's moving to Japan to work for the company that's making Slush Show. Because I thought it was it, but that's what's great about Cloverfield is you can just go. You see something fall in the ocean, you go, "Oh, it's an alien." Got it. 
Thanks. It's like it's a really graceful way. Like if you don't read any of the marketing shit, it works. Right. Right. Yeah. But, so, um, so Dingus, were you saying that you thought it was a different monster? No, no, I thought it was that monster. It's just that they don't bother to show it. I so mean, there's multiple when, when you watch Cloverfield again, and again, you know, the first time we saw it, we went to see it in the movie theater, and I was a little bit uh, turned off by it just because of the whole conceit. I, I wasn't willing to buy into the found footage conceit because it doesn't just doesn't seem to me to be real realistic that HUD's going to carry that camera around for that whole time. It just doesn't. He's dumb. But if you buy, if you decide, <laughs> if you, if you suspend your disbelief and you decide, all right, I'll buy into this. I'll buy into, I'll buy into HUD carrying this camera around the whole time. I'll buy into all of those things. There's so many great things about that movie, and there's so much they do with the, um, with the monster in that movie. I mean, you get yeah. to see it a bunch of times, even though it's sparingly used, um, and sparingly seen, and in the in the last two movies, you don't see any of that crap. It it it, it really does feel, and and this is something that uh, that Luke S says, one of our uh, listeners says, and another Cloverfield movie that's obviously somebody else's spec script with some Cloverfieldy things hot glued onto it, uh, which is exactly what this is. It's just them trying to create a universe, and it feels, you know, I was just so. Here freaking annoyed at the end when that thing pokes its head out of the clouds and just feeling like I'd just been ripped off. Is the idea that the Cloverfield monster got that big or that there's multiples of them? Which movie? This one or the or Cloverfield? This one. There's more of them because the black guy goes don't bring, don't tell her not to come here where there are these things. These things, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, these things could be, you know, the Cloverfield monster also had things falling off of its back, running around, skittering around. But the Cloverfield, he was out of character in this movie because the, something I loved about the first Cloverfield is something that I hated about the Emmerich Godzilla is Godzilla was always running away from helicopters of that movie instead of killing them. And Cloverfield and Cloverfield like never runs away. He just kills anything that attacks him instantly. He'll like take time out. Oh, you guys are running away in a helicopter and bats it out of the sky. Like he, right. he's on the he's always on offense, but in this he runs away from the black guy. Ugh. What? No, he doesn't. What I don't think about? he does. He's just Stop not paying monster. attention to. He's not paying attention to him. Yeah, he's got other he's got other fish to fry, Kelly Wan. Right. He's gonna right. go kill something else. But yeah. he kills well, he to go get the head off the Statue of Liberty. Problem. Right. He doesn't like being filmed though in the first Cloverfield. If you <laughs> he hates cameras, no pictures. <laughs> but in this he runs away from the camera. But I guess since it's not found footage, but God that. All that Earth shit suck. And the fact that they added that later, I think, is a bad idea. Like, I think it ruins the atmosphere you would have had just on the space station. Because if you – I was bummed to find out that Earth wasn't gone. I thought they'd actually destroyed the Earth. And I thought that was kind of an exciting premise. It's like, oh, you're – not only are you in space and you're lost, you're the only Earthlings left. So you really <laughs> – you just destroyed everything you know and it's gone forever. And instead, they were like, oh, it's lost the Earth's lost, and they're not that worried. Kelly Wan, that would have made it difficult to put a fourth movie into the Cloverfield franchise. Please no more. I don't want to <laughs> so, see Cloverfield. So. so we have a listener named John Renninger who asks a question that I – or just makes a kind of a funny statement that I want to 
kind of expand upon. And he says, uh, John Renninger says, the earthbound husband of the main character may actually be in the same John Goodman fallout shelter, but he might not have made it there in this universe because hashtag time's up. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Nice, John. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's clearly what they were going for is, hey, remember this? And I, I thought they were even going to show more detail. But I think when you first see that the layout of uh, that that shelter, because uh, I think – isn't it – like I think they – like down it, – it, it's got to be the same set or they're, they're clearly trying to imitate the set, mm-hmm. the, the last movie. So I think you're thinking either John Goodman is going to show up at some point or, yeah, he didn't make it in this in this parallel universe. Yeah. Well, well okay. Go ahead, Kelly. What were you going to say? Well, which universe is ours? Is it the the one at the beginning or the one? Yeah. With- well, the one at the beginning is the one where that's us. Their space station zaps in and crashes, and a piece of it falls into the ocean. That says, now, the second Cloverfield movie, I don't know. It could be either one, right? Those, that's the thing. The second one, it's definitely aliens. Right. And now that we know that there are multiple universes, the second one, yeah, that, that explains why there's no Cloverfield monster in the second one. See, it all makes sense. It all comes together. This movie unites them. This movie explains the whole thing, right? It, okay, so in the first Cloverfield, <laughs> it's a biological accident. The second one, it's aliens, and in this one, we're told it's demons from another dimension. Well, yeah, exactly. It's I mean, three you can different call them, things. You can call them demons. Well, we didn't know in the first movie, Kelly Wand. We well, didn't see the whole picture. It's like a blind man feeling – a bunch of blind men feeling an <laughs> elephant. They all describe a different thing. One, yeah. the, blind, the blind man feeling the elephant's trunk, that's Cloverfield 1. The blind man that's feeling cool. the elephant's leg, that's Cloverfield 2. Guess what the blind man is feeling in this movie, Kelly Wand? Uh, that's from when he was carrying me. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. See, you get it. You get it. Uh, I get it. Thank you. Kelly, what ultimately I... makes me angry about this is that this is my my basic problem with most time travel movies is that it's because just... why do you call this time travel? No, I'm not calling this time travel. Okay, I'm saying that before. this is this is another thing. Well, the the multidimensional thing, part of, part of the idea of the multidimensional thing in this movie is that it 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 allows for uh, a time travel aspect to be added on to the to this universe, so that the Cloverfield monster could have been dropped in the ocean based on when the dimensional thing happens. Um, and I just think that time travel in many scripts is an excuse for a screenwriter just to get away with something. And now we've added another layer on that with multidimensional universes in this particular instance in Cloverfield. You guys can just get away with whatever the F you want to, as far as like, you know, you guys are talking about, you know, what, uh, what John Renger was talking about. The, is this the same bunker or is it not? It could, have, it could be another one or it could not. It could be another universe or could it not? It's just a way of, of screenwriters, not screenwriters necessarily, but uh, but people who want to just like stitch together the – or hot glue as uh, I think um, Nick D said maybe. Um, hot glue a bunch of ideas from this – original property that was a really good property onto something else 
and just as an excuse, just throw whatever we want in there. I mean, they can throw whatever they want in there. Right. That's and again, fine if it's good. <laughs> and that's exactly what Lost was. And I think we can see J.J. Abrams doing that, the same thing with a little bit more grace with the Star Trek franchise as well. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He has no rules. He thinks the mystery is more important than the solution, which I did. Did Alias do that, Kelly Wand? Because all those lost guys go back to Alias. Do you know? Actually, Dingus, do you know? Do you know Alias? Uh, I really liked Alias, at least the first few seasons. Did it do um, any of this like parallel universes or we're going to make up crazy stuff to explain Wasn't her picture in the in the hundreds of years old sketch or something? In oh, Alias? good Lord. It's been so – it's been, I don't like, know, 15 years since I've seen that. Rembrandt etching or something? I'm just wondering if these – Well, these the Fibonacci sequence is messed around with. I think that's alias, isn't it? That's uh, about- yeah. There's there's random numbers also throughout. There's a whole thing with in Lost with this random string of numbers oh, that's never explained. Yeah, that's it's a tease throughout, and then they get to it, and they finally are hoping you will forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they find them on a wall. That's yeah. But Kelly Wan, they never explain <laughs> what it means. Like it no, just kind I of don't. falls away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I do kind of wish that this movie had – because I, I liked this idea at the end when they're fighting. and it, Like if you think about this idea that there are two separate universes, each with eight billion people, and it makes sense to kill three of them to save the other eight, eight billion. Eight billion, yeah. But – you're also presumably dooming the eight billion in the other dimension by depriving them of this this energy saving thing. So there's this idea that you're, you're prioritizing your own eight billion, right? <laughs> that it's, yeah. right. It's, it's all about not saving, killing three to save eight billion, but it's about killing three to save my eight billion. Like I would right. have loved to have seen that played with. I would have loved if someone had the presence of mind to let everything else fall away and maybe. Maybe God Particle at some point when it was an, an earlier or an Uziel script had this kind of thoughtfulness, but I would have loved for all of that to have fallen away and to just have this situation with these two women dealing with this moral quandary and you know let it turn to violence and let them mistrust each other and let them bring the other crew into it. Uh-huh. Well, I would have said to the blonde girl, look, you had your ship and your shot and you couldn't vet your German guy correctly. We still have a ship. <laughs> <laughs> but it was our fault, though, that we sent our ship. Like, we screwed it yeah. up by our ships overlapping. Yeah, but, we, yeah. Yeah, but their ship was – they weren't even anywhere near Earth. So our ship wouldn't have gotten in their ship's way. So it doesn't even make any sense that the Russian's in his own body if they're they're on the other side of the sun from the Earth. In, in it's the not other. just that. It's, it's dimensionality. I mean – that's the problem. It's dimensions and universes. Which is also that's the other thing too. Is like there's no curiosity about what's different in the other universe. She's like, you're evaluating presumably ex- the exact same people of the nine billion as opposed to. Do you remember that? Did you see the third VHS uh, anthology, Tom? Uh-huh. Remember the one, the interdimensional thing in that where the guy goes through, and he and his other self comes through, and he goes to like a party. And he's not sure what he's supposed to do, but it's you're supposed to, like the monster's supposed to come out of your stomach and eat something or someone. Like it's this really the weird. cultists or something. Yeah, and there's like yeah. a that's like got the Pope on it or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And the guy, the other you, the, or the other guy, like, goes up the stairs and he sees, like, a wedding picture, like a normal wedding picture, and he, like, laughs, like, what's wrong with these people? It's crazy. Like, that's interdimensionality. And I guess the thing is, too, like, if you, like, this movie is is so many dumb instances of cool ideas. Yeah. You know, whether you're talking yeah. about Alien or Moon or The Thing with the body horror or parallel dimensions. Like, like we know this stuff can work because we've seen it work. And then yeah. that's the problem. As you're watching it, all you're thinking about is, oh, I wish Better I were versions. watching this. I yeah. wish I were watching that. I wish Still I wish we're watching, we're watching another Earth, which I didn't like that much. But I would rather be watching that than this, or I would rather be watching Moon, or even Event Horizon, or uh, Alien, or any number of other movies that I would rather be watching than this movie. Does either of you guys know a Garth Ennis comic called comic? Excuse me, graphic novel called Caliban. No. Oh, Kelly, you favorite. don't know. I'm not surprised that Dingus doesn't know it, but you don't know Caliban because Caliban is uh, is Caliban is a kind of a uh, well, the premise is something goes wrong in hyperspace and two ships get jammed together, uh, oh, and and it gets into a bunch of cool stuff with like aliens and body horror and uh, and it's just Garth Ennis being his normal Garth self. Yeah, I love yeah. Garth you know. Yeah. Uh, how do you not know Caliban? Caliban even know. has some cool sexuality stuff in it. Uh, yeah, you should check out Caliban. I've never not liked anything he's written. It's always been great. I like some of them more than others, but... Tom, do you know of a movie called The Inseminoid? <laughs> I actually do. That's got, isn't that the one that has the weird uh, space impregnation sequence? Oh, I have no idea, but uh, Soren Hoagland has this as his under. He says, oh, I don't know, the oh. Inseminoid or something. <laughs> yeah, the Inseminoid is one of those 80s alien ripoffs. Uh, I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, I actually watched it recently. Because you can find these. It's really funny. You can find these on in their entirety on YouTube because uh, nobody yeah. cares to put copyright uh, claims on them. Yeah, yeah Inseminoid, good lord. Yeah, I remember that one. So Soren's over his event horizon is under his, I don't know, the inseminoid or something. But he also says, I did like the woman transported into the wires gag, though. That was entertainingly <laughs> gruesome in a way that kind of worked. Overall, Soren thought it was a load of rubbish, but I, I wanted to find out. if I, I figured you would probably know what the well, inseminoid was. Yeah, and I, Soren Hoagland deserves credit for digging deep. You guys didn't dig deep enough. You guys need to see more horrible movies. Uh huh. That's the takeaway of yeah. Cold, uh, yeah. Just work on that. I, I, both of you, both like, of you, need to watch Inseminoid, which is actually Horror Planet is the retitle. That's how, how you'll find it. Both of you need to watch that on YouTube. It's probably like eighty minutes, and then you'll have a proper appreciation for how bad this movie was, or how bad it it wasn't actually. See. Uh. I think if I watched any movie, I would still have that same conclusion. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't think I could like – I didn't think I'd ever be saying there's a worse movie in the Cloverfield franchise than 10 Cloverfield Lane. But. They really do go downhill. I mean it's just – it is a Godfather 3 thing, isn't it? Although Godfather 2 is supposed to be really good, I guess. But they do get worse and worse. But everyone liked 10 Cloverfield Lane except me. No, they didn't. I what are you lonely. talking about? No. It was it was the it's Rotten Tomatoes was like ninety or something. What? No, no the, I mean the Cloverfield Lane. Wait, I mean, it was, I, people were least, saying oh, this is the first good movie of January. Oh, see, this uh, is a, like they dumped it. It was a surprise hit. I thought. Not right about it. I mean, I, I just remember Tom calling it a cynical marketing ploy. 
Well, and it's it's also at least it knows what it is, even though it like the original Cloverfield had some cool things as a found footage giant monster movie. Nobody yeah. done that. That's a cool idea. It's is a great monster in a, in a post nine eleven world where everybody's filming things with their cell phones and their video cameras. What if we had a disaster with a giant monster? And that that's a cool idea. And then it scales down with hey, let's make a let's make a you know girl kidnapped locked in the basement uh, like yeah. killer movie. Uh, and that I guess it was fine for that, but it's a step back from how cool Cloverfield is. Yeah, I and then this like this weird, yeah, exactly. And then this weird everything but the kitchen sink approach to sci-fi. Right, right. Uh, it's a huge. I step. read online though that Lizzie Kaplan got involved in Cloverfield sight unseen because she was a fan of Lost, and then afterwards she went, hey, "I'm not going to get involved with anything anymore unless I know what it is." So she kind of regretted being in Cloverfield, even though she's the best part of it. She's really good in it. She's, she's great. really good in it. She's she the, funny. Yeah. yeah. She's the one character you kind of that's what's so awesome about her death in that is you're like Yeah. yeah. Oh, she died. Oh, and I'm stuck with these idiots now. <laughs> yeah, she really does need to she really does need to maintain the kind of high standards that got her into now you see me right. too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. When I that, that, Tom, that's exactly what I thought when I read that quote. Where I'm like, wait, now you see me too. You're not ashamed of <laughs> Jesus. Go back, so, go back to the so, interview. So Nick D says this movie is almost too stupid to hate. Uh, he says this is the stupidest Barely. spaceship. Yeah. Uh, he he says this was the stupidest jump scare. Well, what was the jump scare? He doesn't refer to it, but okay. I guess we would have to guess what the stupidest jump scare is. Um, Nick D also says, every sequence in this movie could be replaced with, we have to blah, blah, the blue, blue. Oh, no, <laughs> something went wrong with the yeah. blee, blee. <laughs> and you know whether it's going to happen or not by what the, what time in the movie it is. <laughs> like, and he says, 3, 3D printing a gun, so stupid. Uh, twice. No, Kelly Wand, you you, no, it was you watched only the movie one. closely enough. Yeah, it was the same gun that got locked in a in a cupboard. Yeah, they they, no, they, they goes back. I think no, I know, no, but Elizabeth no, Elizabeth Debnicki. Yeah. yeah, Elizabeth Debnicki got a key to get it out of the cupboard. Debnicki. What is said. I remember her watching it being made again, and I remember thinking, "What? She's making the gun again?" Nope. 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 No. 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 All right, I'll take your word for it. Kelly Wand, do you know? Uh, oh, go ahead, Dingus. That's stupid. I was just going to say, did you see the post-it note on the side of the uh, that, that that 3D printer? Oh, it says "Worst bagel machine maker." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Kelly, one, do you know a book called "The Gone Away World"? Uh, no, but it just occurred to me. Wait, the bagel machine kind of—if they have that kind of energy, why do they have an energy problem? They can make food and guns out of nothing. Okay, now what are you going to say? Solar. They got solar power when they're out in space, Kelly. One, do you see? Is that different yeah, so, than World Without Us? Gone Away World? Gone, gone Away, Away World? World is just – it's a weird sci-fi thing where it's a it's a no-rules apocalypse where things are just vanishing. Oh. And I was just thinking of you know playing with this idea of you know, I hey, like whatever's happening, I don't, you know, I don't know the rules now. All the rules are lifted. Anything can happen. Gone Away World does a cool thing with that in terms of uh, like the, the narrative, like what you're actually reading. There's a really cool twist – uh, about half or uh, two thirds of the way through it, um, but oh, it's right. another one of these so, things where just stuff yeah. is randomly disappearing in, into non-existence. Yeah. 
So Chris your, O'Dowd actually says that. He says, like, he says, I don't know right. what the rules are anymore. Yeah, but he says it as a joke. It's, it's with the, and the, the, I don't know what the rules are as the setup. And then do you think there's a chance it might grow back is the punchline. <laughs> yeah. That is arm. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because uh, I think uh, Chris Margenson says, that, I mean, if I lost my arm, I wouldn't be so underwhelmed. Um, well, that's the weird thing is we're in a movie that is acknowledging – uh, body horror. You know, what mm-hmm. if your eye starts breaking and what if you're full of worms? But then the when what should scared. what should be another instance of body horror is a gag and a weird little plot point. Like, yeah. why does the arm know that the gyroscope is inside of the Russian? Right. Like, right. It, it, it's, it's making nonsense. Like, it's already introduced, hey, this is a movie with body horror, but then the next element of body horror is just absurd and it's played for a joke and in a, in a, in a and a pointless plot point. Uh, and he even makes a joke about well, hugging a guy, hugging somebody. Like yeah, I would hug. Yeah. Because yeah. that whole bit with uh, Elizabeth Debnicki in the walls, like that's body horror too. Like what if you were yeah. pinned in the, this whole idea too, where they're having to clip the wires to pull him out of her hand. Like that's that's gruesome, painful stuff. Right. Uh, but no, the guy who loses his arm, ah, it's a knee slapper. Oh, that's really funny. Uh, they go all you- Sam Raimi on us. Do you remember in in the original Cloverfield, um, the girl that they're going to the the whole thing that they're going to find her? She's she's impaled basically on a on rebar. Yeah. In her building. They have to pull mm-hmm. her off of it. And, it's off screen. <laughs> and they and they have to do it off screen because it's PG thirteen. But nevertheless, you get the sense that HUD has to put down the camera to go help him lift her off of this rebar and then they have to wrap her shoulder in it. You now, can hear it. Yeah. yeah, you can hear it happen. You you feel it. I mean, you feel this this sense of like, oh my God, how would and that then she feel? walks normally, she's fine, no big deal. But eventually she's fine and and, and the dude is that hugging her and, and like holding her tightly and th- these things would be excruciating to her in real life. But but at least you get a sense of that weirdness about it that you don't get I don't think a sense of that here. Well, certainly with the arm, yeah. But yeah. well, they they make a point of it even because he's like, I should be in shock, but I'm not. Like, it's not supposed to be scary. Even it's just supposed to be wacky. But the fact that the arm's big scene is telling them where the next plot point is <laughs> by writing it out—that's <laughs> what the arm does, as opposed to what the arm does in fucking Evil Dead Two. It makes him do somersaults and shit. <laughs> Yeah, this arm's got a central nervous system. It's got a brain. It can remember information. It can communicate. Right. It can see where they are and point. It can write <laughs> with muscles. Never mind. How am I talking yeah. about yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's see a potentially good movie next week. What do you guys think of that? I like the idea of that. I, I can't get psyched for another uh, Marvel. You know, I mean, no, they, I they, can. They, I bet you, I, well, we know you can, but they, they – I, I think I'm – Follow Thor. Yeah. It's hard to follow Thor and Spider-Man: Homecoming. I mean, there are several times I've said I don't care for another Marvel movie and been pleasantly surprised. So I don't want to jinx it. So I'm going into cynicism mode. Here comes a non-funny Marvel hero. Yeah, yeah. Ready? He's serious. Uh, so before we talk about that, uh, <laughs> what we're going to see in next week, I just want to give everyone listening a heads up that in a month, I don't know when you're listening <laughs> to this, but on on March 11th. We're going to do the drawing for our March 18 podcast in which you make us watch whatever you want. 
So this is this is the beginning of the Make Us Watch Whatever You Want 2018 Fun Drive, uh, and all you have to do is send in a dollar for one vote to our uh, PayPal address at 3x3 at quarter to 3.com. You go to PayPal, you use that that uh, address. If you send us a dollar, put in the comment section the movie you want to make us watch. Any movie, anything. And you know what? I will even allow documentaries to be considered movies. Whoa. For, tw- for 2018 only. I'm not saying this is going to happen in Whoa. 2019. We wouldn't have allowed it before. But if you want to pretend that documentaries are movies, we will allow it this year. What only. an enticement. I know. Uh, so all you have to do, go ahead. We'll be reminding you about that. But it's a dollar for a vote, and we'll do our drawing on March 11th. So be thinking about what you want to make us watch this year. We're in your capable hands. Uh, and, and what else do we have going, Dingus? What do they need to send us by February 25th at midnight for the next 3 by 3 All right. For the next 3 by 3 that we're going to do as a standalone podcast, it will be – your favorite marches, group protests, or pro- <laughs> or parades. What are you laughing about, mister? It reminds me of my three dumbest computers, electronic droids, and something like <laughs> three, three totally unrelated things. There were some great computers in this particular movie that we saw this week. But yeah, these are, these are your uh, marches, parades, or group pro- protests. And uh, send those to 3x3 at quarter to three as well. Uh, Kelly Wand, why don't you take a turn? Tell the listeners. We've talked about it. Tell the listeners specifically what movie we're seeing next week and how they can uh, uh, send us their own comments about it. Next week, we're seeing the movie Black Panther starring uh, that guy. And uh, if you have theories on Black Panther you want us to forget to say next week on the podcast – no, so, we will not. Dingus is super diligent about it. Kelly Wan, that's why we don't let you uh, be responsible for the listener emails. <laughs> I get that part. <laughs> I can't be trusted with print. Um, so send those to 3x3 at quarter to 3.com. We just did the email address three different times. We did. We well, it's used for three different things. It's used for three separate things. For the Make Us Watch Whatever You Want 2018 fun drive, you use it for PayPal. If you have a 3 by 3 of marches, demonstrations, and protests, send that in an email at 3x3 at quarter to 3.com. Shouldn't that be three different? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you see Black Panther and you have thoughts, send those in a separate email because we look at them if separately to 3x3 at quarter to 3.com. Or, as you said, Kelly Wand, theories. If you have theories about Black Panther, uh, yeah. we would like to hear those as well. I'm not interested in mere thoughts, Tom, or mere allegations. Well, we'll see what comes up next week. Yeah. So join us for that. We got so much going on. It's just crazy over here in the offices. Uh, next week, Black Panther. We've got a three by three at the end of the month. Uh, in the middle of next uh, month, a fundraiser. It's uh, just insane. It's just chaos here. It's like watching Cloverfield Paradox. I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Dibnicki. It's Christian Morosky. And Kelly Wand. They should have had a gun machine that made bagels. Four, three, two, one.
David Thewlis looked sexy in space armor, too, and Wonder Woman. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Inseminoid! That was righteous. Oh, thank you.